Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hi friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. Welcome to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast, where it's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We had a tremendous month in January. Lots of great ministry took place. We were at Life of Faith Church in Birmingham, Alabama. One of my favorite churches, great friends there, great pastors. And uh, we had some wonderful healings take place. And I really wasn't even teaching on healing. We were just doing a Sunday morning service. But there was a woman whose eyes were healed just sitting there in the service. And then we got a great, great report. Uh, from the pastor. So there was a man that came on Sunday morning. It was the first time he'd been in church in several years, but he was at a severe, severe place with Parkinson's disease. I mean, you could tell looking at him what was going on. He had uh, serious like mobility issues. He was shaking uh, pretty heavily. Uh, his speech was very, very slurred, hard to understand. We spent about 10 minutes with him after the service, spent some time praying with him. And so the pastor called me a few days later and said that the man had called him and he said his speech was so much clearer. He said that he wasn't even trying to make anything happen. He woke up that next morning. He was doing things he hadn't been able to do in years. His mobility was back. I was so excited hearing that wonderful report and we're hoping we can get a video testimony from that as well. But that happened in Alabama and then I was in Creighton, Nebraska at Faith, Hope and Love Fellowship Church there. And uh, we had some awesome services there. We did a, a Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And we had a woman that was deaf in both ears. Her ears opened up. We had several other things happen there in the services. So had some great, great stuff happen there. And then I left from there, went straight over to Charlotte, North Carolina. And we filmed with Sid Roth. We, I got invited to go back and do another episode of the It's Supernatural program. So really, really excited about that. Always an honor to get to go back there. Uh, that episode, that interview will be airing the week of March 15th, so be on the lookout for that. Also, I want to let you know our brand new book, The Supernatural Prayer of Jesus. It is now available for pre-order. Uh, this is published by Destiny Image Publishers, and so you can go right now to Amazon, and you can go ahead and pre-order that book. It's going to be available uh, not only as a paperback, but also as an ebook. And it will also be available as an audible. Um, really, really excited about this. Basically, this book, we took John chapter 17, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, if not my favorite. And each chapter is basically one verse from John 17. And I'm really, really excited about it. Just some tremendous truths there. You know, I've studied that chapter for, for almost two decades now. And it was just interesting as I went back to write this book last year. And just the wonderful, uh, just the revelation that just started coming out. Started seeing some things I'd never seen before, and it just got me so excited all over again. Reading this wonderful prophetic prayer that Jesus prayed out, and so I'm very, very excited about this book. I absolutely believe it's going to open up a lot of eyes, and it's going to be a catalyst uh, for some wonderful things in the church. So go check it out. You can go to Amazon and uh, look up. Chad Gonzalez, The Supernatural Prayer of Jesus, and that book will be released on April 4th, so super excited about it. 
Um, hey, let's go ahead and get into our message for this month. Um, this is something I've been thinking about for a while, but really been kind of chewing on it the last few days. I was talking about this in our mentorship program that we started uh, a couple of days ago, and I just haven't been able to get away with it. And so I wanted to share some of these things with you as well. I've been thinking about the fact that we are a spirit being. Now, if, if you're like me, you've kind of been around this for a while, been going to church, maybe you've heard the statement, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Have you ever heard that statement? I don't know about you, but at least for me, the, the people I run with, the people I hang around, that's a pretty common statement, uh, a pretty common thing that's said and understood, at least on an intellectual level, that I'm a spirit, that I'm not a body, I'm a spirit. And yet, just like the statement, I'm a brand new creature in Christ, it's something that's intellectually known. It's something that's talked about on a very, very basic surface level. But have we, have we gone as deep as we need to with this? Is it truly a reality for us? And what does it mean that I am a spirit? How does that really affect me? Well, let's start in the very beginning. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God makes this statement. He said, let, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let's make man according to our image, according to our likeness. Let's make them to be like us. This was God's, God's thought, God's idea, God's, God's command. This was not something that's based on a particular denomination or, you know, your favorite YouTube preacher, you know, or somebody on TikTok or anything like that. This is God himself. God's original plan for man, God said, let's make them to be like us. Well, what is God like? What is he like? Because however he is, that's going to determine how we are. Well, Jesus says this in John chapter 4 and verse 24. He says, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So right here, God is a what? God is a spirit. He's not, he's not a cloud. He's not an atmosphere. He's not just some little uh, floater in my mind, some imaginary thing. No, he is a spirit. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 9, it says, Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more so should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? So not only do we see that God is a spirit, but we see that God is the Father of spirits. Well, if God is a spirit, and he made me in his image and his likeness, he made me to be like him, then that means I have to be a spirit. I'm a spirit being. I'm a spirit being. God made man a spirit. When you look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it says that God, he formed and fashioned the body of man from the ground, and then he breathed the breath of life, and he put his spirit he put his life into that body. He put his spirit, his life into that body. Well, essentially, you could say that God put Adam into his body. And the reason this is so vitally important to understand this is because, again, we must know we're a spirit because if we don't, then we'll do like the vast majority of people and look at our body and assume that is us. But notice in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that when God put the spirit 
into the body, when he put life, when he put himself, when he put Adam into that body, the body began to respond. The body began to move. But the body did not move. It did not respond. It did not have any activity until spirit got into the body. Notice number two that you find right here that the body was made to respond to the spirit, not the spirit to respond to the body. The body of man is simply the house of which man lives in, or you could say it's the vehicle in which man operates and functions in this world. But the body was never made to tell me who I am. The body was never made to tell me what I can do. The body was never made to tell me how I feel. The body is simply the vehicle. Simply the vehicle. The body was never made to control man, but give us the ability to function in this world. So right off the bat, we're a spirit. And we see Jesus confirm it, John chapter 4. And we see it also confirmed in Hebrews chapter 12. I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. So again, we see this. We're kind of going over it very quickly, but we're a spirit. Okay, that's great now, but, but how does that really impact me? How does that change me? What does that do for me? What does that actually mean? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, when we begin to talk about salvation and talk about being a Christian, it's a big deal. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you have to ask yourself the question. What old thing passed away and what became new? Well, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your body doesn't change, does it? No. If you were old when you got saved, you're still old. If you were young when you got saved, you're still young. If you were skinny when you got saved, you were still skinny the second after. If you were a little fluffy when you got saved, then you were still a little fluffy the second you said amen. The body doesn't change. It's not the body that's getting saved. You change. You become brand new. The old you is gone. The old you has died. The old you, the one who was dominated by the curse, the one who was dominated by Satan, the one who was dominated by sickness and disease, that you is dead when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That person dies. The old way of living, the old way of being dominated by the curse is gone. And a brand new life has begun. A brand new creation. A brand new creation. See, it's important we understand this piece about the fact that we became alive, we were born again, that we died, the old person died, the old way is gone. Now, you see, a lot of times when we read 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and we read about, you know, the old things, the old way being passed away, being gone, most people water that down to only about your behavior, that now you no longer cuss and smoke and and hang out with those who do, and sleep around, and, and get drunk, and do all these type of things. Now, certainly our character and standards should change. Certainly we should live a, a, a holier life, a, a life that's filled with righteous fruits. But it goes far, far beyond just my, my behavior. No, I have to understand, I died. The old Chad, bad Chad, that guy is gone. 
Look, let me read you a few of these. Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 20. I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul says here about the old you. And again, we're talking about spirit. We're not talking about body. We're talking about spirit. You, as a spirit being the old you. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, Therefore, if you died with Christ, from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to the regulations? Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Notice verse 3, underline it in your Bible. For you died, and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. You died. Your body didn't die, but you as a spirit being, you died. You died. He goes on in verse 10 and says, And having put on the new man, who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, the new you, the brand new you, the one in Christ, you as a spirit being, you look just like you're made to be just like him. We talk about this a lot, but if you truly want to know what you're like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. But see, friend, this is why a lot of people have problems with even Jesus' statement in John 14, 12, when Jesus said, whoever believes in me will do the same works and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. They say, well, how could you possibly do greater? Because it's not based on old me. It's based on me in Christ. It's based on Christ in me. I have to see myself as dead to the old things, dead to the curse, dead to inability, dead to lack, dead to addictions, dead to depression, dead to mental issues, dead to Parkinson's disease, dead to COVID, and alive unto God, made in his image. See, it says over in 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. Well, how's that possible? Because I'm a spirit, and Jesus is a spirit. If you have a hard time with that statement and understanding that, it's simply because you're looking at your body to tell you who you are. Friend, you cannot look at your body to tell you who you are in Christ. You cannot look at your body to tell you what Jesus has done for you, in you, and what he's endeavoring to do through you. You cannot do that. But this is why so many people are, are failing in life as a Christian, regardless of the fact that they have the life of God on the inside of them, that they've been made in the very image of him who created them, that as Jesus is right now in heaven, so are we right now on this earth, that the same fellowship Jesus has with the Father, the same fellowship I can have with the Father, that the same power and authority Jesus stands in and sits in, I can too. But I'm simply an extension of him, that he's the head, I'm the body. Though it flows in him, flows in me, but those things aren't going to be a reality to me if I do not understand I'm a spirit being. It's one of the most basic pieces of this thing, but we have to understand it. I'm a spirit. And what's interesting to me is that you go over and, you know, I, I've told you that I went over to Kenya, and I go to Kenya about once a year, go minister, but I was there a year and a half ago and went simply to interview some, some former and current witch doctors. 
I was curious some things they were doing. What were they thinking? What are they saying? What are they doing? And it was very interesting that every single one of them all had a, a very firm understanding that they are a spirit being. See, friend, it doesn't matter if you're saved or unsaved. You're still a spirit. You're still a spirit that lives in a body. Unfortunately, most people that are involved in the occult have a greater understanding that they are a spirit and a, a very uh, a much more real sense of the spirit world than the Christians, than the church of Jesus. They understand these things. And this is why you see them pulling off some pretty incredible things and accessing the spirit realm. See, friend, the same spirit realm that the demons operate in is the same spirit realm that angels operate in. The same realm that people involved in the occult operate in is the same realm that the Christian can operate in. The, the big difference is they can only access the darkness. I mean, this is going to sound kind of Star Wars, but they can only access the dark side. We have access to the light. We can operate from the light. We can live in the light. We can access the light. We can manifest heaven on this earth. But it all starts with this very, very simple, basic, foundational understanding of who we are in our nature. We're a spirit being. We're a spirit being. We have to understand we're a spirit. So I'm a spirit. Jesus, he made me to be like him. As a new creation in him, I'm like him as a spirit. Now think about this. Let's bring it over into the area of healing. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, probably the most probably the most known scripture in the New Testament in regards to healing, although it's often most often misquoted. But 1 Peter 2:24, it says, Who himself, talking about Jesus, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having noticed this, died to sin. Who died to sin? Not our body, us as a spirit being, died to sin, would live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. So me, the old me, the old Chad, the Chad that was cursed, the Chad that was bound and dominated by the curse, died to the curse. That I would live for righteousness. Why? Because that's the way that I was made. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, he who knew no sin became sin, so I would become the righteousness of God in Christ. See, as a spirit being, as a spirit man, I'm just as righteous as God. Now, that statement right there would get you kicked out of most churches. The reason is they're looking at you and the body that you're in. They're not talking about, the, they're not seeing the real you. They're looking at your body. And then they say, who do you think you are? How dare you make a statement like that? Who do you think you are? You think you're just as good as God? Well, I'm not God, but he made me to be just as right, just as perfect, just as complete as he is. That's not Chad's words. That's all throughout the New Testament. Paul makes this statement to the Colossians. He says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. I mean, it's all through there, all through there. In Hebrews, it says several times that he has made us perfect. He made us perfect. But why would people have a problem with that? Because they're looking at the house that you're in versus looking at 
you versus looking at you. So back to 1 Peter 2.24, he said, we died to sin, the old us died, that we would live for righteousness. Why? Because we are the righteousness of God. One of the byproducts of that is by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. That healing came from my position as being right. So you see here that healing is actually a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual substance, so to speak, that affects my physical body. So if you're looking at your body to tell you if you have healing, then you're always going to be walking away from that situation thinking, nope, sure don't. I don't have it. Why? Because my body is telling me something that's contradictory to who I am in Christ. If I want to understand, if I'm the healed of the Lord, I need to look at Jesus. Jesus is my mirror to show me who I am, what I have, and what I can do. But this is why the healing piece is such a struggle for people. It's why 1 Peter 2.24 is a struggle for people. Because we'll make the statement, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Now I'm just waiting on it to happen. I'm waiting to get it. Well, but if it's a spiritual thing, why would you look to your body? Why wouldn't you look to who you are to see what you have? And then as a result of knowing what you have, that your body would simply conform to who you are. It's an interesting thought. Think about it, friend. If you get into a car, it doesn't matter what car you get into. That car doesn't change you. You drive that car. You determine how cold or hot it will be on the inside. You control the radio station that's played. You control everything that's going on in your car. That car doesn't change you. You change it. And you could get out of that car, and you could get into another car. You know, I, I travel every weekend and, you know, get off the plane, get to the airport, usually renting a car, and get in that car and, and drive to the hotel or church that I'm going to. And it's interesting. Every single time I get into a car, it's a different car. Different brands, models, different states, cities, and it really doesn't matter where, where I'm at, what city, what airport, doesn't matter what type of car, that car does not change me. Why? I'm not a car. When I get into that vehicle, that vehicle in one sense conforms to me. Why? Because I'm changing the buttons, I'm changing the mirrors, I'm, I'm, I'm changing the controls, and I determine where it goes and what it does regardless of the type of vehicle that I'm in. Well, when I'm in this body, I'm in control. And when I get out of this body and I get my glorified body, my body that's just like Jesus' body right now, I'm still going to be in control. Why? I'm not a body. I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. We must become conscious that we are a spirit. And yet, you know, I hear people make this statement all the time that I'm a spirit. I have a soul, I live in a body. But then I'll also hear them make this statement. When it comes to growing in faith and growing in the word, they'll say, well, you know, we need to get the word down in our spirit. Well, but see, right there, making that statement, that tells me that the reality of you being a spirit is not a reality for you yet. Why would I need to get the word down in my spirit if I am a spirit? Like, my spirit is a separate part of me. No, that's who I am. My body is separate of me. What's really, and I understand what people are meaning by that statement and, and not trying to 
you know, mince words, but I mean, these particular words are important because it's about our identity. You have to know who you are so you can access who you are and access what you have from who you are. I'm not trying to get the word down in my spirit. What I'm endeavoring to do with the word of God and what I'm told to do is to renew my mind, to change my perspective. Not one time am I told to get the word down in my spirit. What I am told to do is renew my mind. What I am told to do is change my perspective. What I am told to do is is get my soul to begin to see like him and feel like him, to to get my soul and bring it into conformity to who I am, to who I am. I am perfect. I am righteous. I am complete because I am a spirit. I am a spirit. Friend, I want you to say that with me. I am a spirit. I have emotions. I have a mind. I have a will, but I am a spirit. And I live in a body. And my body is under my control. And just because a pain shows up in my body, I refuse to have that pain stay in my body. Just because my head begins to ache, I refuse to say, oh, I guess I got a headache. No, my response is going to be, no, I will not have a headache. I will not allow that because I'm dead to it. I'm dead to headache. I am dead to Parkinson's disease. I'm dead to cancer. Cancer cannot live in my body. Why? Because I'm the one that's in control. Now, I know that sounds like a far out statement to people. See, the church is okay with talking about I'm in control of my behavior when it comes to sin. But the vast, vast majority of the church almost flips their lid when you sit there and say, I'm in control of my body when it comes to my health, when it comes to sickness and disease. I refuse to be sick, not going to allow it. Why? I'm the one that's in control. How's that possible? Because I am a spirit. And I'm made in the very image and likeness of God. And as Jesus is right now in heaven, so am I right here in this world because I'm a spirit, he's a spirit, and I am conformed to him. He's the one who made me to be like this. He made me in his image, his likeness, and gave me his nature. I'm a spirit. And, he, and God, he's my father, the father of spirits. Amen. Look, we're just kind of covering the surface of this, but I just want to give you this to think about. I want you to really work this month to change your perspective that you're a spirit being. I'm telling you, if you'll change your perspective in this arena, it will change so many facets of your life as a Christian. It'll, it'll change things in regards to your prayer life. It'll change things in regard to operating in this world, dealing with sickness and disease, standing against a devil. It'll change your perspective. But you have to see who you are so that you'll see through the proper eyes and you can access and manifest all that God needs you to do. Praise God. Well, hey, I just want to make mention of this. If you are a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for your love, your encouragement, your prayers, your financial support, but ultimately because of your trust. That's the greatest gift you could ever give someone is your trust. And I thank you so very much for trusting us. Hey, I want to let you know we've got some projects coming up this year. Our big project, and I'm telling you, it's a big one, but hey, nothing is impossible with God and His grace just abounds all over the place. We're going after a building. It's time to do that.